Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And with me, I have Kristen Guile, Cindy Kuzma, and Maggie Umberger on a very special hostful episode of We Got Goals. We'll be recapping a quarter of podcasts during which we interviewed folks who are contributing generously with their big goals. Good morning, team. Hey, everybody. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. That's right. And over the past year, we've talked to dozens of high achievers about their goals because this is actually, we're bringing our entire third season to a close. Um, We talked to people who have dreamed big, started small, but overall they have one thing in common. They've accomplished something incredible. We've also celebrated some big milestones in our own lives and for a sweat life, including most recently the first annual, I think annual, yes, (laughs) sweat working summit, annual sweat working summit. I was there, and I have to say, it was a truly inspiring and motivating weekend. We shared Gina's keynote with Sarah Larson-Levy with you a couple of weeks ago, and if you weren't there in person, that was the next best thing. So definitely check that out. And in the past year, we focused each quarter on a theme. We started with building community. Then we turned our attention to creating a better earth. In the fall, we talked about getting better, faster, and stronger. And as Gina mentioned, we are here now rounding up our last few months of guests all of whom had something to say about contributing generously. This isn't a new idea. Through the years on this podcast and throughout the Sweat Life community, we've noticed that people who achieve the most ambitious personal goals didn't only do it for themselves. Entrepreneurs, athletes, creators, and activists alike all seem to do better when they saw a bigger picture, connecting their work and goals with a problem or need they saw in the world around them. So in this final segment of our season, we specifically set out to talk to people about how they did this, about how contributing generously factored into things like their business plans or the design of their nonprofits or their athletic goals or their artistic endeavors. So thinking back, team, uh, which interviews were your favorites or was there a particularly powerful moment in one of them that stood out to you? Well, I could I could jump in because I have a, a personal kind of like love for the interview I did with with my dad just to hear um, and my dad being Steve Umberger, um, who's a theater director, to hear uh, his story and the things he's working on from a very different context than um, just like sitting at the dinner table and hearing like how's work going, uh, because I got to hear how he views goals, which is like something we've never really talked about before. Um, and I thought that the most powerful thing about really learning where um, this idea for him, which if, if listeners haven't heard this episode yet, it's um, his theater track has taken him through a journey of not just producing plays and creating and directing plays um, that are already created, but also putting together stories of people who are not uh, represented in society. So he's currently working with a group of homeless people and a group of um, the aging population in a nursing home. And he's created a script for them. And then they have performed it for live audiences, which has then been turned into a documentary, which has then been started to uh, be shown in different universities and other settings where people are learning about these marginalized groups. Um, so it's a, a new way to take theater and uh, bring it into the context that more people can really listen to and show up for. And he's doing it because he wanted to hear these groups of people's stories. Um, and I think that I've had moments like that as I've 
interacted with people like the homeless population of Chicago is pretty big. And, and I've walked past the street corner avoiding, you know, crossing or crossing the street on purpose to avoid walking by somebody who I knew was going to ask for money. And I didn't know how to handle that. Um, so to, to, for him to address that head on, uh, by saying, let's actually learn their name. Let's actually ask them what they need. Let's put this in front of people in a way that they can't just cross the street and turn away. Um, and so I thought it was just a very cool choice for him to take what his passion is, which is directing plays and doesn't necessarily link to helping the homeless, but to make it fit and to do something with his passion that also is so much more, is so much bigger than him. Yeah. It was truly touching to hear that interview, Maggie. It was just, you know, as you say, it's like, maybe you've talked with him a lot about this before, but like to to put it through a lens of goals might not be the normal conversation you'd have in your family. And it was really enlightening to to hear his experience with that. So thank you for doing that interview. <laughs> thank you for letting me. It was awesome. What else did you guys like? Uh, I can jump in here. And I, I think we're finding a theme among our answers so far. Um, I really enjoyed my discussion with Allison Rutberg, who uh, founded Wellness for Everyone. And she that is a Chicago wellness company, and they focus on building strategic partnerships to fund arts and physical education opportunities for Chicago students. And similar to Maggie, I think what made this one special was that Allison has been a longtime friend of A Sweat Life, um, one of our first ambassadors and very involved in our community. So I obviously really enjoyed talking to someone that we've had such a personal connection with over the years. And I think it was also really meaningful that the topics we were talking about were so close to home. Um, Wellness for Everyone is based here in Chicago and they serve Chicago public schools. And I think it was a good reminder that uh, goals don't have to be huge or taking over the world and you can make a really big impact in your own backyard if you know how to start and you have the right community behind you. Um, So yeah, if this podcast is just an excuse for us to talk to people who are our friends about the cool things they do, I'm fine with that. Um, and I feel like, Tina, you you might feel the same way with um, the person that you interviewed that stood out. I talked to Bettina Gozo, and what was fun about that conversation is our friendship has been growing over the past six or seven years. We, we sort of debated the timeline of when we went from trainer crush to real friends. Uh, but in that time, we saw um, Bettina not only really lean into what her strengths were, um, leading people and helping people get stronger, but also kind of find her calling by listening to her gut um, and seeing a population that was also marginalized. Um, so she's helping adults volunteer with people who have disabilities across the world, both in the United States and uh, in Africa. And she's taking people on trips um, to see folks who are in homes for those who are disabled and bringing bringing just human connection um, between those two groups, um, the able-bodied and the, and the disabled, um, so that they, they can form deeper and more lasting connections. And she is just pulled by this gut feeling that it is her calling. And you can't help but believe her when you talk to her. Um, so that I think the, the use of gut um, to, to follow goals was what I found most resonant in the interview with Bettina. What did you love about your favorite interview, Cindy? 
Yeah. Well, that what you say about going with your gut is really interesting. Something that stood out to me was in my interview with Matt Woodburn and Sarah Newcomb. They're the co-founders of ESP Presents and Exchange 312. And they both talked a lot about their intuition. Um, and they clearly have different approaches to goals. You know, we we talk a lot on We Got Goals about how some people like have a big, uh, spe- really specific goal and then specific steps to reach it. And I would say that Sarah falls more in that category, whereas Matt is more of like a a dreamer type, like he sort of follows the idea of an opportunity rather than setting out with a specific objective. But uh, one of the things that he said he measures his success by was whether he could create a space where he could help other talented people, like his friends who are artists and musicians and and people like that, like independent people who are doing the things that they're passionate about and they love. If he could create a space where those kinds of people could thrive, then he would be successful. And I thought, wow, like, what an incredible way to gauge your own progress by the success of the people around you. Um, so cool. So I, I found that a little bit, I guess, kind of surprising too. And I wonder if there was anything else that any of you found surprising about any of your interviews or the other interviews that that you heard on this quarter. Honestly, I like Kristen, I want to know what you thought when you were interviewing Robert Brace, because his story just like continued to unfold and his past, like what he has done and how he weaves all of his different, it's not identities, but just like tracks, like together to be, to do what he's doing, to be the mind, body, soul connector for all kinds of people um, based in New York. But just like, I, I just couldn't stop kind of like giggling because I was like, oh, he's a dancer. Oh my gosh, he's a trainer. Oh my gosh, he's a minister. Oh my gosh, he's like a, a coach and a speaker. And he's done so many different things. So I'd love to know like how you kind of processed it all as you guys were talking, Kristen. Yeah. Um, he is definitely a Renaissance man, but I feel like when you're talking to him, like you just get this sense of calm and confidence that like, of course he is all these things. Like it makes perfect sense for him to juggle all of these so seamlessly. Um, so he, he really handles and wears all of his different hats um, with the the grace that you would expect of a ballet dancer. Um, On my end, Cindy, I really enjoyed your interview with Eddie. And I think what maybe didn't surprise me so much as opened me up to a different perspective was hearing about how he's furthering his own personal family history, um, but also going beyond that at the same time um, with what he's doing with Pinole Blue and um, how he's helping the ultra runners. And I just thought it was really cool that he was like furthering a mission that was personal to him, um, but going beyond just a grassroots type of effort. Yeah, I really liked that too. And I loved that it was kind of multi-layered that um, not only was it bringing something from his family's past to a new uh, generation, it was also bringing something that was, um, you know, spreading that in a way that was nutritious and healthful. And also, as you say, giving back to the ultra runners who are based where his family is from. So it's like a, a full circle and so many different layers to the way he was contributing generously at, um, and so early in his career and at such a young age too, it's very cool to see that built in from the beginning. I found too, I really enjoyed talking with Ann Malum of Solid Core and Back on My Feet. And I was I mean, surprised, I guess, a little bit that she she really sees spreading the gospel of Pilates as her mission. And, you know, she started Back on My Feet, which is a nonprofit that serves those experiencing homelessness and helps them find their way in the world through running. And you would think that, you know, that might be enough that like um, if you talk about contributing generously, that starting that organization and continuing to help it grow and thrive would be the best way to give back. But you know, I thought it was fascinating how she describes understanding what she's best at 
and moving on from back in my feet, knowing that its mission would actually be best served by leaving it in a good place and having other people carry it forward. I I found a lot of things interesting about Anne too, Cindy. I, I think one of the things that I found super interesting about her too was um, her sort of stick to itiveness. <laughs> if if that's the word that I said properly just then, I'm I accept it. But just her inability to accept anything as the end of the road. Um, she shattered her femur um, in in a, a jet ski accident, which you hear that sentence and you're like, oh, you're probably never going to be the same again. And her response to that was that she is going to run a marathon <laughs> instead of accepting any sort of limitations, uh, which I think is, it just really sort of packages up nicely her attitude towards the things she wants in life anyway. She's a very intense person. When she sees a goal she wants, she goes out and she gets it. And Gina, when you call out like Anne's kind of gumption and her her strength, I think that is also a quality that a lot, all of our guests have. Um, but when we think about the people that are making the decision to like set their goals f- for the good of other people, it it is like fighting an uphill battle. It's not easy to do um, because people are, you're admittedly, you're going into something that you're going to be faced with a lot of adversity, or you're going to have to start to blaze some trails that have not been carved out before um, because that's the work that needs to be done. And obviously these people are, are, they're felt, they're called to do that. And I felt like the episode from um, a while back that really made sense to share in this quarter was our hostful episode among a few trailblazers um, among a few trailblazers in Chicago uh, that that was um, that we got to interview during our sweat working week previously. But four people: Cullen Hudson, um, Allison Rootberg, again from Wellness for Everyone, Tanya Lozano, and Ashley Rockwood are all people in the fitness industry that are that have chosen to fight some uphill battles for their communities that they just felt really called to respond to. And so I feel like that was overall a takeaway that I kind of gathered from what we can look up to for all of, you know, all of these people, what they're doing and how we can embody some of these characteristics as we go through our own goal setting process and attempt to try to do something bigger than us as well. And what I really appreciated about all of them and about Anne as well, and this is something that has kind of you know, inspired me to to think a little bit differently about maybe the way that I give or the way I build that into my life is that idea that the outcomes aren't necessarily, I mean, there's, there are outcomes you can't control, right? Like whether it's uh, racial justice or whether it's, um, you know, can, can Anne, I mean, one of the things that struck me about interviewing Anne was I asked her what might happen if she didn't succeed in her goal that you mentioned, Gina, if she wasn't able to to run the race, if she wasn't able to either start the marathon or finish it. And she said, well, if that happens, it won't be because I didn't give it everything I had. She's like, I won't be so upset. Uh, You know, I'll be disappointed, but it'll be beyond my control and I'll be willing to accept that. And then therefore I'll stay motivated to do every single thing I can from then until now to, to make that give myself the best possible odds of that happening. And and I really like that way of thinking about it because it's easy, especially when you're talking about contributing generously, when you're talking about trying to make change in the world and and big issues that seem to be sometimes immovable or inscrutable. Like it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by that and to not even try. But to 
to feel like you know what that you did all you could to make change happen and then to to live peacefully with the outcome is i think the best we all can do and that has inspired me to think differently about my life and and about what i'm doing in it so i wonder um if there's anything that the rest of you heard that has inspired you to think differently or make a change as well um maggie do you want to jump in on that Absolutely. Um, Eddie Sandoval, who owns, who started Pinole Blue, um, who you mentioned before, just his story of it being something so close to home for him, um, like it it was, it just made sense for him to go into the business that he did because that was his heritage. That's where he came from. Um, and he could also do something for his, his people that was like just a, a wonderful kind of I guess, um, marriage of all of his goals together. And it reminds me that we can probably do more than we think without having to go so far out of our, our track, our, you know, passion or our career. It's like, we have the resources, the time, the knowledge or the expertise, and just the, the ability to just extend what we're doing to reach people who wouldn't otherwise be reached. Um, through what we're already doing. So I feel like that's, it was just a good reminder that I can, I could make change closer to home than I realize. Yeah. I don't think that I have any specific tip, but I I think I agree with what you said, Maggie, uh, about just realizing that it can be easier to start small and start local with somewhere where you can actually see the impact that you're making instead of maybe feeling overwhelmed by all the good that you could do in the world and, you know, not really being able to narrow down on something specific and actionable. So I think that what I'm going to take away from that is some small action, uh, maybe in my own backyard is better than trying to make some huge splash, um, and potentially never doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting too. I think, I think it also boils down to every example that we gave, um, in, in this episode just now was specific, um, it boils down to specificity. Um, you have Anne, who's who was originally very specifically helping the homeless population to run. Uh, Maggie's dad, who was helping the aging and the homeless population to have a voice. You have Eddie, who is bringing culture and a food that people are forgetting about or don't know about um, to the masses, uh, and and others like who are just narrowing in on one thing. Like Allison is narrowing in on the schools in Chicago that need arts and movement. So I I think that's a really good point, you guys, to just be specific about what you want to accomplish and that it helps you to just go out and get it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a huge, nice overarching message to, to all of the guests that we heard from. Is there anything else that anyone wants to share about this quarter? It was full of warm, fuzzy feelings. It was a good one. I agree. And back at the beginning of it, we also set some big, generous goals for ourselves. And like always, I think it's worth revisiting those to see how we did. So I will be uh, brave enough to start. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I said I was going to do, um, I mentioned that uh, Matt and my husband, Matt, and I have a weekly meeting, house meeting, where we um, have various items on the agenda. And we've had service on the agenda for quite some time, um, but we haven't actually uh, done anything about it. We keep sort of talking about it, but not necessarily yet building in a lot of time for that. But uh, one thing we finally did do um, was... uh, 
on Matt's suggestion, I think in, in, inspired by uh, one of your favorite shows than mine, Gina, The Good Place, Matt has been reading a lot of philosophy lately, and he read a book that has recently been re-released called The Life You Can Save by philosopher Peter Singer. And it talks a lot about um, philanthropy and giving money and giving money in a way that is uh, maximizing the number of lives saved. That, um, you know, we talked a lot about helping locally, and I think that that is really important too, especially when it comes to your time and your resources. Um, but one of the arguments that Peter Singer made is that your dollar can go so much farther and actually save many, many lives in a country where there are very few resources and people are dying every day from preventable diseases. So we have been reading that book and talking about it and, and setting up a recurring donation to an organization that works with blindness in Africa. And uh, so that, you know, we're still figuring out all of the best ways to plug in locally too, but that felt like one thing that we could do right away that was low cost and also um, just kind of, a, it was an interesting mindset shift for us to think about it that way too. So that's uh, that's that's what I've been up to when it comes to contributing generously. Um, anyone else want to share their progress? Yeah, I, I can own up to um, being a big failure on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we spoke last, I was super excited about trying to do some sort of contributing generously involved with reading, and I was all jazzed up on Chicago getting rid of late fees at the library, which I'm still very excited about, and it's personally benefited me for several weeks in a row now. Um, but I did not make any forward progress on this goal. So I would love to hear any listener suggestions about any cool, um, reading related charities or anything on Amazon's like clear the list campaigns that you think are worthwhile and, uh, anywhere I can Venmo a few bucks, <laughs> I would be thrilled to do so and count that as a contribution because, uh, it's better than nothing. So it was a fail for me. Ooh. Um, just going to jump in with an idea, Kristen. Um, local local politics are always a great way to make change, especially when you're you're thinking about something on the local level. So get involved, talk to your aldermen, go to community meetings. Most, um, especially in Chicago, but big cities across the country, um, there are open forums that you can attend and suggest things. And be very Leslie Nope if you feel like it. I'll channel you. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So um, I, I talked about in the last episode where we were together um, getting using my yoga knowledge to share it with people who would not otherwise be able to practice. And I think getting on your mat is important for a lot of reasons. And so um, I, it is not yet. It has not been done. I can't say I've accomplished it, but I have started to think about how I can create um, a service-related yoga retreat in 2021. And I've narrowed down a couple of places and had some real talks about like, what can we do uh, that that involves getting people on their mats and then also getting people who are on their mats in, in the community where we are and helping in like hands-on real ways. And um, it's something that I used to do more of. I did like mission trips growing up and I would love to make this dream this kind of semi-outline a reality. And I think this past quarter has been a kick in the pants for me to make the calls, set the meetings, and hopefully set a date really soon. Yeah, I can I can jump in here too. And, and Maggie, I can't wait to see what you do. Everything you say you're going to do, you seem to end up doing. So can't wait. Um, <laughs> I cannot for the life of me remember the goal I set when we set out on this quarter, but I did, I did sort of put out into the universe that I wanted to do more with kids. And then um, one day out of nowhere, I got an email 
um, as if from nowhere, um, from the Chicago Innovation Group. Um, they put on sort of like a, a lot of different innovation-focused and entrepreneurship-focused events and, and activities. And they were looking for volunteers to go into classrooms um, in Chicago and be part of an invention convention. So my answer was, of course, yes. Um, and when can I start? So I've, I've spent a couple of weeks with one seventh grade classroom um, at a CPS school, mentoring them on inventions, which I don't feel like I have a ton of expertise in invention, but I don't care. It's delightful. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to chase that feeling a little bit more. That is so cool, Gina. I've, I like I, this reminds me of a story, a little tangent from a different podcast I was listening to about how we've like become afraid of failure or the idea that we can be wrong because of testing in schools and how when you're, you know, given this like a math problem and you come to the wrong answer, the whole problem mm -hmm. is wrong. But shifting the perspective of looking at the work and being like, oh, actually, you did a lot of it right. And you have all these like great points along the way, the ultimate answer is wrong, but like, here's 75% of the credit and here's the, you know, the, the idea of like looking at the work that happens. And I think with this, this idea of like looking at inventions and, um, how to foster thinking and not just the end result is so cool. And I wish that I had had more of that growing up so I wouldn't be afraid of math now. Um, but I think that's so cool that you're doing that. And I, I want to find other ways in my life to kind of reframe my thinking around that because that's so important. Yeah. And I, I think this this sort of coursework that they're doing in, in the in the classroom is really good for that failure thinking, for that resilience thinking. But it's also it comes down to good teachers too. The classroom is like surrounded by quotes on failure and how you learn more by what you didn't do right than what you did do right. So of course our generosity will not end when this podcast season does. Whether it's including a charitable donation as part of events supporting our ambassadors in their efforts, or taking personal actions to make a difference. We at A Sweat Life will continue making tiny changes to Earth as best we can. And while we're on the subject of making changes to Earth, we're going to be moving into season four, um, which if you're keeping track means year four of the podcast, We Got Goals. And this season will be all about tangible goals. So we'll be asking you listeners what you're chasing and going out to find the experts to help you do those things. So you'll find a few episodes that go together to help you chase those big goals all year long. Um, we'll have in this episode's post on aswetlife.com a place where you could submit a goal you'd like some help with, uh, and we'll go and find experts to help you do that. We've got some ideas too. So you can look for things like running your first longer race or making more friends. And Cindy, I know you have some news as we move into season four. Yes. Uh, so for the past three years, you, our listeners, have been gracious enough to let me into your earbuds, on your commutes, during your runs and workouts. Um, Maggie, Gina, and I launched We Got Goals three years ago in February of 2017, and Kristen joined us a few months later. And in that time, it has been such a pleasure and a true honor to interview so many incredible guests about their goals. I really feel like I've gotten a masterclass in dreaming big and in not letting the fear of failure, uh, as mentioned, <laughs> or the fear of setbacks stand in the way of what you really want. One thing I learned too was the importance of prioritizing and knowing when it's time to step aside and make room for the next person to shine even brighter, uh, for a team to take an existing opportunity or project and carry it on to new and even more exciting places. 
So with that, I'm letting you all know that this will be my very last episode of We Got Goals. I am so grateful to Gina and Maggie for taking on this experiment with me three years ago and to Kristen for jumping right in and making it feel like she'd been there from day one. I have so enjoyed hearing everyone's different interview styles and the different gems that you've each been able to get out of all the amazing guests that we've had on the show. I'm grateful to Ryan Deffitt for stepping in with his vastly superior editing skills and making the audio we give him sound as smooth and polished as possible. And as I say to close out every episode of the show, I am extra grateful to you, our listeners. We wouldn't be doing the show and we wouldn't have done it for this long if it weren't for your support, your downloads, your ratings, and your personal encouragement. From now on, I am going to be one of you, (laughs) listening and learning as the team forges ahead with making the show an even better guide to goal getting. So thank you, and I will see you out there setting and crushing your own big, hairy, audacious goals. We'll miss you, Cindy. We love you. (laughs) Thanks, team. To all of you for being here with me on this very special hostful episode. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and thanks to you, our listeners, and we will catch you down the line. Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown.